0: M. Rasiano and Michael Lucas. You have been warned it is Giggle Fest 2020. This is Salation. Are you being discriminated against now because you know it's Carrot?
1: Like a dickhead's a dickhead, no
0: matter what. Maskimo went from zero to kidnap very quickly.
1: It's not socially acceptable to go out without your pants on. We've all accepted the fact that pants are
0: necessary. You're in Salation. Yeah, well, i booked the hotel out, bitch. Come at me. I've got big balls. Hello, darlings. Welcome to Salation. Well. Are we on the two weeks to go, Melbourne? <sighs> Nikki with the good hair, um, our deputy health medical officer, said, you know, don't count your chickens, but I'm counting them. I'm dressing them. I'm taking him out for an Easter bonnet parade. <laughs> please, please. May there only be two weeks left. Look, today's episode, I kind of decided over the weekend there was a couple hard things I wanted to talk to Michael about. And so often when I'm going to process things, chew them up, you know, swallow them down, have them digest well. I go to Michael and I thought I'll just record the conversation. So obviously over the weekend, very sad news in the passing of Chadwick Boseman who played Black Panther among many other things and it had a real – as it did on, a, I guess on a lot of people, it had a real profound effect because at the moment it kind of feels like there's a lot of death around and he was someone that was seemed so powerful and healthy and, you know it, – it, it kind of reminds you that it's coming for everyone eventually and it it doesn't matter how healthy you appear, there's other things going on. So I wanted to kind of talk to Michael about death. I wanted to have a meaningful chat about it because I don't think we do that enough. I think people who are, you know, over 60, over 70 think about it and talk about it, but I don't think people between 20 and 40 talk enough about it. You know, I think that a lot of us, and I'm definitely guilty of this, you don't want to think about it because it's depressing. But I think if we did think about it more and treated it with more reverence, that we'd live better. But anyway, you'll hear that with Michael. And we also talk about uh, Adele's in some hot water because of a photo she put up today. She's been accused of cultural appropriation. I wanted to talk to Michael about the whole idea of cultural appropriation and break it down. Um, for those of you who aren't really sure why it's not okay to wear a Jamaican bikini or put your hair in dreadlocks or put your hair, she put her hair in buntu knots. Um, which is an African hairstyle that African women have worn, you know, and um, a lot of people still don't get it. And even reading through the comments, you know, people are like, oh, she, she means well, you know, but sometimes good intent isn't enough. So I wanted to have a really good chat with Michael about cultural appropriation. And, again, it's just me working through stuff. You probably already know why. Cultural appropriation is what it is. And then just to really lighten the mood, we talk more about the hysteria around Dan Andrews announcing that he wants 12 more months of state of emergency. <laughs> we do end a bit on Brad Pitt's Love Life, and I've found this new show. You guys, oh my god, it is so good. way to hear about it. It involves a lady bounty hunter. How's that for a tease? You'll be happy to know I finished the roof. Roof trauma be gone. I've got my own little space now. It's where Odie's doing schoolwork at the moment, but it's just we've got – there's a bed up here now for when Michael and Adrian come and stay, when Joel and Jack come and stay. It's so nice now. People can come out here like it's a bed and breakfast. I do live out in the bush. So I felt like I'd really accomplished something. I filled a skip. For those of you who know, you know, you know you're know, you getting old when a skip causes excitement. When it arrived, I clapped and jeered like a schoolgirl. So the skip is full. The roof is clean. Um, the front yard's been done. Scott mowed. Uh, and the last kind of frontier is I need to do my bedroom. So I'm planning that in two weeks' time when we're out of lockdown for, oh, it's the new me. It's like you could have an episode of Better Homes and Gardens at my house by then. That's my goal, to be ready to hit whatever stage we happen to be in, stage 3.5, organised. God knows it'll only last a week, but anyway. Enjoy it all. I'm so glad you you all seem to get a bit of a kick out of Friday's ep, our 50th episode celebration. It was so fun putting it together. God, we're ridiculous. Uh, and, and thank you for all your lovely messages um, saying how much you've enjoyed it and uh, that it's been helping you get through if you're in Melbourne and just other states. You know, you're just enjoying the banter. <laughs> all right, that's enough from me. Um, pre-warning, as I said, this is a heavy, not heavy yet, but – you know, we, we bite off a big bit of kind of steak and chew it up between the two of us and hope you get something out of it. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay, well, we have a lot to discuss. Michael Lucas. Goodness. It has
1: been like a long time since the last time we did a podcast. I don't know why. Maybe at the time's slowing down.
0: No, but so much has happened. I don't know. So obviously, I mean, the the big news over the weekend uh, was the the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, aka Black Panther, um, his most well known role, but in many other incredible films. And you were the person to tell me, and that is so often the case in our friendship. We <laughs> sometimes I'll see text message from you, and I'll be like, "Oh God, who is it?" Yeah. because you have broken most of the celebrity deaths to me
1: <laughs> what i'm not sure this is a role i particularly want to play I know. <laughs> although there probably is tragically this horrible part of me that's thinking i wonder if i bet chella although she she probably steers clear of that
0: no she you did beat her on this one and she was sad we have watched black panther i think probably we went through a real phase with it as my family does with movies we watched it once a week for months we just loved it so much and everyone loved it and And the fact that he was sick for so long and continued to work. And even the director of Black Panther came out today, Ryan Coogler, and said he had no idea during the filming that he was sick and didn't know he was sick until he died. And not
1: just worked. I mean, we all saw him in that suit. That kind of workout that he must have been doing in that period of time. I don't know. I can't do it now and I'm at full health, let alone if I was going through some sort of chemo or something.
0: I know. But it was really – it really hit hard and I guess because of everything that's been going on and obviously today, you know, record amount of deaths in Victoria, 43 people died overnight. and No,
1: they didn't die overnight. They, there was, oh, there was back, it wasn't overnight? No, 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 no. It was a backlog of three weeks that they, oh, that they accumulated. It was 19 in the past 24
0: hours. That's still a lot. It's still a lot,
1: yeah. It's terrible. Because, and you know, we so HQ.
0: cavalierly report the deaths but you've got to remember... That's 19 funerals. That's 19 lots of families that are bereaved. That's 19, you know, like... I think oh, and 19 can, painful
1: some, funerals. 19 funerals where families weren't able to be with their loved one and now yeah. they're only allowed like a handful of people there. It's horrible.
0: I think we can so easily turn our emotions off when we get the numbers and mm. forget that, that, that the number of deaths, they're human people. They're people that, you know, someone loved and the lives they impacted on and I just think... And when I heard that Chadwick had died, it made me feel like, and I said to Scott, it makes me feel like death has come in closer into our kind of consciousness and and death feels closer. Even though I'm 41 and healthy, I realised that uh, we don't have enough meaningful conversations around death until we get older. I think old people do. I think they're more philosophical about it. But I think people, you know, between 20 and 40, mm. we don't ever have meaningful conversations about death until it's forced on us.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, it's a strange cultural thing. But even I'm, even when close family members have died and everything like that, it really, it's, it's fascinating how... I don't know, for some people their instinct is to step closer to it and be a part of it and for other people mm. it, it, there's a real reticence to, I don't know, to extend themselves to, I don't know, to look, to look death in the face, frankly. We are, I feel like sometimes it's easy through most of our lives to sort of live in a state of denial about death yeah. until something like this happens, that it just forces itself into your view.
0: Don't you think collectively we would live better lives if we had more better conversations about death? Like, don't you think the quality of our lives would improve if we stopped living like it was infinite?
1: Oh, no question. But I feel like I mean, I I had the sort of slightly unusual experience of you know my dad dying over from a long, long disease. Mm. This is such a cheerful, cheerful start. No, no, but, no um, I think it's. I and think it did it's okay. it changed I, my life. It changed my life absolutely. Good. Talk I can about measure it. Talk about it. Yeah. it. I can yeah. measure. Well, I mean, the main thing was like, you know, obviously my personal life when he got sick, he he was sick for about seven years and the last sort of three particularly severely. And, Mm. um, and yeah, I mean I I, I just realized god it you not you really are not here forever. It's going to end. You, and and you can't sort of spend the rest of your life thinking I wish I'd said this thing to that person or I wish I'd behaved this way or I wish I'd tried mm. this or whatever. So I I really it it shifted my priorities and even though obviously I'd never I wish he had never gotten that illness and I wish he was still alive now you know, the, the, the benefit, I guess, that's come out of it for me is that, is that it made me aware of mortality and made me aware of, you know, yeah. don't wait, don't wait to, don't wait to, to do the things or to be the person that you've, that you hope and think you could be, but for whatever reason you think you've got time, you might
0: not. I know. And we all do it. I've, I've had the privilege and it is a privilege to be at the end of life of a couple people that I love dearly. And it's a strange – and, you know, you were there for your dad. It's that strange kind of limbo of it's peaceful, it's devastating, it's life-affirming, it's it's all the things. And I I need to stay closer to that in my everyday life, I realised. And – I don't know, when I heard about Chadwick, it, it all came into me.
1: Also with, with um, Chadwick, it's about realising that he's known this for four years and has been four battling years. this. And also now retrospectively going back and looking at the way he lived his oh. life and and, oh. and and how meaningful everything was that he did in that time. And when you go back, there's that clip that's circling around where Jimmy Fallon um, has, has brought yes. in super fans to explain what, Black Panther means to them, and mm. and then they, they, then you know once they're at the crescendo of explaining it, he surprises them with Chadwick, <laughs> and he is just so <laughs> gracious and really is ta- he's just taking in the moment so much. And when you think to yourself, he was battling with colon cancer that whole time. I do have a life, but I saw it four times. I saw it once uh, with my girlfriend. Also, I want to thank you for having your suit on for most of the movie because when your chest was out, she was getting a little excited and I felt insecure, so thank you for that. Um, and it means a lot to see a movie that's not like a black movie, but it's just a great American superhero movie with uh, you know people that look like me, so thank you. I'm Yo. Like, <laughs> oh, oh okay 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 yeah. okay what's going on bro i'm glad that you got your muscles covered oh, again bro, i'm <laughs> glad that you got your muscles covered because oh if you would have been all all brolic and stuff it would have been weird because my girl would have seen him be like why didn't you get his number so i'm glad well for me as the as the mother of a young son um my son's childhood has been defined by barack obama and now black panther so thank you that's way too much praise for Barack Obama. No, no, no no, <laughs> like, no, 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 You guys, no, you're, no, you're, 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 a, you're a gorgeous. Wow. Gorgeous family.
0: But I think maybe because he knew his time was limited, there was no bullshit. He didn't mm. fuck around. Do you know, and, and everything he savoured, he seemed to be someone who savoured Everything And everything he did had this levity, had this gravitas about it. And now I understand why. And I watched him explain how he was communicating with kids who had cancer Mm. during the filming of Black Panther. And they were – one little boy wrote to him and said, I'm trying to hang on until the film comes out. But he really – he sadly passed away. And to to watch that now knowing he at the time knew that he had terminal cancer, Mm. it's just extraordinary. It's – incredible to me that he was able to continue on doing all the things that he did.
1: And I suspect part of the reason he didn't go public with it was because of like those kind of encounters like that where he's meeting people and everything. He didn't want it to to be filled with all this baggage of people being so careful about how they responded to him. I suspect that he probably just wanted to be able to, you know, have all all of these moments with people and live life without having to deal with all of that in the the time that he had. Do you think
0: he also wanted to protect the legacy of Black Panther? Do you think he only wanted people to look at Black Panther and that character, and how much it, it gave young Black kids representation through the eyes of, you know, superhero, not through the eyes of an incredible actor with cancer portraying? Do you think he didn't want to? Yeah, kind maybe.
1: Of I mean, it was such a triumphant kind of yeah. a, a period of time, having that sort of first Black superhero become, mm. you know, s- such a sensation around the world, and it and and you know, it would have cast a different. Filter over the whole thing.
0: It would have. Well, I mean, apparently they've already filmed Black Panther two, and it's coming out in twenty twenty two. So that is going to be like phenomenal. That's going to be Mm. some kind of, I don't know, very emotional, massive. I just, I'm glad they got another one filmed. I didn't know that. I didn't know they had. Like they kept that very secret.
1: No. Apparently, yeah. Me too. I mean, it'll be intense watching that now. Oh gosh.
0: I know. Even just putting on that song, that Kendrick Lamar song with uh, oh, yeah you know the one that plays at the closing credits. Mm. This one. Oh. <sighs> anyway, moving on to something funner. Adele's been done for cultural appropriation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Proud to say, was I the first person to send you this one as well?
0: Yeah, you've just, yeah. And officially, if we're doing the um, pop stars having problematic episodes, I think she's the final domino to fall. I think um, that is pretty much all the white pop women that we love have done something a little bit problematic. Because um, <laughs> she so was always so still.
1: wonderfully self-aware and sort of deferential to Beyonce in particular. <laughs> Even recently how she was sort of, you know, photographed yes. herself watching Black as King and everything. It felt like sh- she was never going to put a foot wrong there.
0: <laughs> no, but she she has. And it's so complicated, the idea of cultural appropriation, and it's so easy for white people to sit back and go, I didn't get it. I'm not being racist. I'm, I'm just like, it's just a costume. It's just like. Well, explain what
1: she did first. It was a. Okay.
0: It, so there's a picture of Adele that she's posted on her Instagram and bear in mind, every time Adele posts something, the world stops and she doesn't post often. She's probably averages about five posts a year, maybe even less. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so basically what we've all been talking about, um, rightly wrongly is the weight loss that has been just huge. And I didn't think we'd be able to usurp the weight loss chat, but she has managed to do that. She's popped a picture up of herself. It's the Notting Hill Carnival. And that was started in 1959 as a Caribbean street festival in response to the 58 race riots. And it was a way to celebrate Caribbean culture. And it's, it attracts millions and millions of visitors this year, obviously because of Corona it's gone virtual. And, um, She's got a picture of herself there in a bikini, in a Jamaican bikini, and her hair is in Bantu knots, which is an African hairstyle. It's basically where the hair's all separated into sections and um, plaited and then wrapped around in the tight knots. Uh, Rihanna very recently has done it, and it's it's a a hairstyle that African women um, have worn for years. Um, It's a cultural hairstyle, and um, Adele um, wearing a Jamaican bikini top. Put her hair in that, and um, yeah. oh, Michael!
1: <laughs> <laughs> just one image. I mean, it was she. It was just fascinating watching it land. Because when I first saw it, it had been up for about two minutes, and then I checked in ten minutes later. She was the number one trend.
0: <laughs> all I did. when the world. <laughs> when I saw Adele was t- trending, I didn't. I just I couldn't. And then you texted me, and I was like, oh. Okay, that's why. I thought maybe she'd just put up another, you know, another picture. I mean, don't worry. As, as you get past the cultural appropriation, the weight loss is at the bottom of every article. Don't worry, guys. Like it's, <laughs> it's not like that's been completely forgotten. Um, but I'm just, she still hasn't deleted the post. I'm just looking now. It's no. so far had 52,000 comments. She looks incredibly like Katy Perry as well. Yeah, Katy Perry, did. she did the same thing, didn't she? Okay. So I guess <laughs> let's just chat about cultural appropriation, all right? Because it is something that – it's a term that it, uh, it's, it gets thrown around a lot um, and it's something that has been happening, you know, especially for parents with kids who want to dress up in certain ways and that, that's been a big topic of conversation. When I was in Breakfast Radio – when uh, Moana first came out, there was a whole controversy around little white girls wanting to dress as Moana and, you know, I remember vividly one mother darkened her daughter's skin and got a lot of flack for it. She's like, I don't understand. She's just showing her love for Moana. Why is this a bad thing? And I think a lot of people, Michael, still don't understand the big deal about cultural appropriation, don't you reckon? Oh, Absolutely. Well, it's yeah. it's it's complicated, and especially
1: you know, it's it's completely conceivable that someone sort of treads their way into it, thinking, "But I love this performer <laughs> or this movie, or and I'm just trying to celebrate it." And how yeah. could that be a bad thing? I'm making them a, a hero.
0: So look, I'm gonna you you're gonna correct me when I do things wrong. So I'm just gonna have a go at <laughs> okay. explaining to maybe some people, some emulators who. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty confident that most people that listen to us, that follow us, that love us would get why Adele dressing up like that is problematic. But, and and we should also point out a lot of Jamaican people have defended her. Um, She's not been totally condemned.
1: Totally, Uh, Uh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of them are, you know, no, no doubt, this festival is very important to them. They love it. Yes. It's a gr- great time of year. And the notion that the most famous woman next yes. to the queen in the mm. UK is, mm. is such a loud and proud supporter of it. I can definitely see how there would be a group of people there that would think it's wonderful yes. that she's doing this.
0: So, right, cultural appropriation 101. White people, we're the most, it's the, we're the most visible culture. And um, if we, I'm trying to do this in a way that's not going to get me. Um, It's so delicate. If we take things from a culture that has experienced repeated and prolonged oppression, a.k.a. anyone who is black, indigenous or a person of colour, it kind of reinforces the the ideas of the colonisation that probably happened to those cultures where white people came in and took what they wanted. And I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How are you going? You doing okay?
1: Going well. You haven't fallen into the, any particular dangerous territory so far. Keep going.
0: And 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 also in the example of Adèle, for instance, throughout history black women have faced opposition, aggression and ridicule over their natural hair, over their afro, over the um the braids, over the bantu knots. And When a white woman does it, it's just a fun costume and it's fine. So the idea is you can't step in and out of a culture because you can't understand what has happened to that culture by putting on a costume because it's reducing the culture and the oppression and the struggles to a silly costume and that's not okay. So while your intent might be, I am honouring this this person, I love this person. That doesn't excuse the ideas behind the representation, behind the costume you're taking. As a white person, you're cherry-picking something and you're able to then take that off and never having to experience racism or oppression because you can take it off, whereas a BIPOC cannot take their skin off. They cannot step out of that culture. So I think... (laughs) I think that's the best way to explain it.
1: Yeah, uh, look well done. I mean, I don't know is why a- I'm suddenly in the jury. And judgment, no, you're you know. the moral compass for me. No, yeah. You and the are. only other thing I would say is that particularly when it comes to music and everything like that, for so long there was yes. sort of the worst trend of white artists finding cool stuff in, in mm. you know, in, in black culture and black communities and passing it off. Justin like
0: Timberlake. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, I it's missed. been happening
1: all the way from Elvis. Like Elvis. it was constantly and there was yep. always this dynamic, which can you imagine if you are a black person how frustrating it would be that there mm. weren't necessarily those many black breakthrough artists but there were all these super successful white artists Mm. that were just sort of cherry picking things from the culture and Mm. taking it and I think it's also like at the moment there's this acknowledgement of okay rather than just a whole lot of white people (laughs) taking bits of this culture and popularizing it we got to Mm. get black voices amplify them so part of I think why at the moment we're saying just don't appropriate black culture it's it's it's, because we're in a period of time where we're sort of saying let's give the mic to them let's shine the spotlight on them reflecting their own culture rather than us sort of taking parts of it stealing it you might even say
0: basically the next time you go to dress up just ask yourself um is the thing i'm popping on does it have huge cultural significance and am i reducing it to a fun costume i think if we're asking ourselves that question before we get dressed every day I think we won't end up as Adele has, who was, yes, well-intended, but unfortunately... it's It's also
1: as well this incredibly febrile time that we're in i mean what a weekend for this to pop out we've got i mean the race riots still are blazing in america it is such a hot election issue Mm -hmm. and then plus it was the death of chadwick all of these sort of things it really it was for a little monday morning light little (laughs) post from adele it's probably not what the doctor ordered
0: yeah look she's not going to get cancelled um I think she has a lot of great runs on the board um, with the black community. I think a lot of, and a lot of the tweets I was reading, they're so, black Twitter, like they're very funny. They're just oh, exhausted. They're so <laughs> funny.
1: And that's another part of it. This is, they are, the amount of really quality, hilarious little memes and clips they made within about 15 minutes. And this is also a bit of a tension release after yeah. months and months of just relentless pain. Yeah. And Adele has provided that
0: for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading a lot of anger. I'm reading a lot of. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed, Adele. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm reading a lot of. Oh God, no. What now? Come on. Like, it feels like. It feels like that. Like, it just feels like a. Oh, come on, Adele. <laughs> oh, good. Now, before you go, let's move on to another fun topic. <laughs> yeah. God, we're really gone for it today. Um, there's. Mass hysteria over the lockdown extension and the fact no, there's that there's no Dan, lockdown extension yet. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. There was mass hysteria over when Dan thought it was a good idea to announce that he would like the powers to hold the state of emergency for another twelve months. Yes, um, and it. I I have received so many messages and so many links to videos of conspiracy theories. First of all, I want to categorically say if you send me a message on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram, hear me now. If you send me a message that says coronavirus is a hoax, collectively I have about 600,000 followers online. I will name and shame you. I will put your picture with your name up online because I have had enough. Coronavirus is not Michael. People still think it's a fucking hoax. Oh, I
1: don't even know how to respond to it. It's terrible. I really find it terrifying.
0: I don't understand. Do they think that there's the, that there's some kind of bipartisan con- like that? ScoMo and Elbow have got together and said, "Let's just really fuck everything up." Let's just send the country into the worst recession of all time Let's push Victoria off a fiscal cliff Let's, you know, let's just blame any death we can find to a made up I don't get I don't know I saw a great um, picture
1: of a couple of uh, uh, nurses that were in full PPE holding up a sign that said we're looking for COVID deniers because we would love you to come in and, mm. and, <laughs> and clean, <laughs> like help transport bodies out, go into areas. No PPE required apparently. Come, please Agreed. come to our most infectious zone zones and, and work for us. That would be wonderful. Thank you.
0: I agree. If someone is a COVID denier, I want them to go to a COVID ward without any PPE that's 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 what that's basically how drastic it needs to get but in terms of we you and i have been chatting and we feel dan it was a misstep by dan to um announce that he would be seeking the 12 month extension to the state of emergency he didn't need to do that he yes did, even he though didn't. he
1: didn't mean that he's going to lock us down for 12 months no, it's just that it feels like right the ability to legislate so that we can wear masks and all those have to wear masks all of that sort of stuff yeah. but it was it was just it was not great timing because we were we're really on the downward. We're on the home stretch now. Let's. I mean, <laughs> I or stretched. failing. I touch wood, but we're seventy six <laughs> cases or something today. We can yeah. see the end, and it was yeah. just not really what anyone needed <laughs> to hear. It was a year of state of emergency, and frankly, even though I support an extension to state of emergency, even I am thinking myself. Oh God, I thought we would. But like, there's a chance we'll have a vaccine by then. does it really doesn't need to be yeah. a whole year.
0: But I think. And again, when I I kind of said on social media, the state of emergency is – not so that he can have, you know, infinite power and, you know, go around mandating things that are ridiculous. It's so that they can have agility. It's so that they don't have to – nothing that nothing can be politicised. Scientists can move fast. They don't have to wait two weeks of arguing in parliament because other politicians are deciding it's a good look for them for re-election or not. It's basically to speed things up so we can get on top of this thing. And I just – People are genuinely uh, – it, it was a huge – he should not have said 12 months out loud. It didn't need to be I, – I will never understand why he did that. And I understand people initially going, oh, my God, because we are all fatigued. We are – we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and, and that often is when you start feeling the worst, you know, when it's so close you can smell it. Mm. But he'll only do it if he needs to. It's. He's not going to wake up one morning and go, I'm just going to fuck everyone over today and just tell everyone they <laughs> – they're not allowed to wear pants. Like I now I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm dictator Dan. I just don't <laughs> I just don't see him ever wielding the power in the way people seem to think he's gonna. Oh, I know. And the response
1: to it, like now, weirdly, Josh Frydenberg's doing a national tour going around saying, we demand to see the plan for when things are going to happen, which I equally, I don't understand that either. I don't. We, we We all know that they'll start loosening up things as soon as it's safe to do so, and they need to react to the numbers. I don't see why, like we're still a fortnight out. I, I, they've announced this morning they're going to they're gonna give the roadmap on Sunday.
0: <laughs> so, look, look, look. Before, I was forced to explain cultural appropriation properly, in a, like not even properly. Oh. I was trying to do it in a helpful way. I want you, oh in only the way you can, to succinctly and calmly explain to people why the state of emergency extension is required. Go. <laughs> well, because the
1: state of emergency, if we're in a state of emergency, they have the power to quickly impose rules for example rules that if you're infected with covid you have to isolate that's a rule that we can only have under state of emergency powers Mm -hmm. and obviously we need those rules to be in place otherwise you know as much as we would all like to believe everyone would do the right thing they won't we need we need fines we need rules same with masks mask Mm -hmm. uh, mask the the power to um to to mandate that everyone wears masks is under state of emergency rules and they need to hold them in place that's why
0: and that's it there's nothing sinister, and all these people, you know, oh, we need to open borders. We need to get the economy turning over again. You don't think Dan wants that? You don't think we all want that? We all want it. I tell
1: like, you what, I don't want though. The other thing I don't want, after battling through this second lockdown, and we've done oh. we've done so well. It's been so well. So, it's worked. It's gone yes. down. We can see the light of the end of the tunnel. Yes. If we fuck this up at the last moment <laughs> and go too early when we could have just clamped down that little bit harder and killed this. But well, well, we're no
0: better than Adele in a Jamaican bikini in bungee knots. <laughs> I would argue really? we're
1: worse. I mean, I should just speak to the Jamaican community before I make that assessment, but. Jesus. I know. I know. It would be just ridiculous c- to do that. Come on, we've come so far. Yeah. We've come so come far. On, guys. It is like we are little kids that have been on a long car ride and, like, it's just. <laughs> like that and we've got like someone behind the wheel come on we'll just play another game of ice by and they're like no i can't take it anymore (laughs) stop (laughs) let me out on the side of the road (laughs) we're all gonna feel much better if we safely get to the destination
0: it's true it's true um all right now i just want to let you know i've started watching your show i'm gonna let everyone know it's on stan it's called love fraud and it's amazing it is a documentary series about one guy who had about 20 wives and I've just watched The First Step, only in America, of course, and they have just introduced the lady, I'm just going to say this sentence, the lady bounty hunter.
1: What? Okay, that's a good, that's a brilliant teaser.
0: He lied to the entire world and then he disappeared. Rick, you lied sucker. We're coming after you. I want to help. Richard Scott Smith is on the run. He has a whole list of different aliases, social security numbers. He's good at what he does.
1: Nobody is going to be active on the streets looking for him, except us.
0: This is a whole game. I mean, he's been doing this for years. The best way to get over a guy is revenge. I'm sorry, it is.
1: Is that like uh, like one of the wives has commissioned this woman to go and figure
0: out what's happening? All the wives have found each other online. <sighs> there is a there is a support group now for his ex-wives. Tell who he married what, all the 20? Time. At the same time. That is that is a
1: masterpiece of time management.
0: Yes. That's what I was like, like honestly, different names, different and he it's the same MO, like um he's he's got all the right moves that like he meets them all online, they're all in their like mid forties divorcees, and he says, I'm coming into millions of dollars through a legal settlement. So can we just buy a house and a car now and I'll and I'll spot you when I get my money in a month? <laughs> Oh man! And so um, they all went to the police, reported him as a, a, a what's it called, a bigamist? No, what's someone who marries multiple people at once?
1: Poly.
0: What's the word? Oh, you're a writer. Google it. Polygamist, isn't it? Polygamist, yeah. And no, no. But what's the word? It's illegal. What's the legal term for having more than one wife? I don't, I don't know. There's a there's a legal term anyway. Um, bigamist. Okay, Biggest? maybe
1: bigamy. There we go. We got another
0: <laughs> <laughs> live Google. It's live Google. But
1: yeah, that's right. Yes, you are yes. correct. Well done.
0: Yes, well done.
1: Several triumphs today for you. They tried
0: to. They, they tried to report him, and then one woman goes to the camera. Unless she kills someone, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> So all the women, she went online and she just put his name into Google and then this website came up and there were so many women like talking about him. They're trying to track him down. Now they've all banded together and um, Stan are following them, tracking him down via the lady bounty hunter. I mean, what more do you want? (laughs) (laughs) So I've only done first episode. I'm hooked. I love all the women.
1: I'm intrigued by him.
0: It's called Love Fraud and it's on Stan. I didn't want to leave you guys today after talking about death and cultural appropriation and lockdown without some kind of silver lining. Um, (laughs) I'm also obsessed with Brad Pitt's new girlfriend who's in an open marriage.
1: Yeah, who looks just like a 25-year-old
0: Angelina. Mate, as a woman... If my ex, who I was in a bitter divorce battle with, started dating someone who looked exactly like me when I was in my prime, I mean, she's just going to have to find – I want her to date a <laughs> 20-year-old Brad Pitt lookalike. I mean, tit for tat.
1: They're out there. I feel like half the modelling industry these days is a 25-year-old Brad, <laughs> Brad Pitt. I'm all for her. Look I'm alike. all for
0: Angelina. Not that she'd need to. Hiring someone. Like, fuck you, Pitt. <laughs> but what I love is I, I googled her and I've gone down into the depths and the realms and she's a model and she's got a child with a sixty-eight year old guy who owns a restaurant. And in fact, Brad and her met at her husband's restaurant. Um wow. so she's twenty-eight, her husband's sixty-eight, and Brad is fifty-eight. So she likes a uh, she likes a seasoned gent. <laughs> she certainly does. What an intriguing <laughs> Relationship Mate, the whole thing. I, I mean, sometimes when I need escapes from death and cultural appropriation and the lockdown, I do enjoy just keeping myself abreast of what's happening between Brad and Angie. And I this think was you a nice enjoy surprise. that even
1: when you don't need escape. I think that's, <laughs> a, that's a primary concern <laughs> of yours. <laughs> There's <laughs> that be a lot going on in the world for you to suddenly say, what, a development with Brad and Angelina? Sorry, just can't focus on that right now. I can't even imagine what state. I'm terrified to think of what state you would need to be in if you weren't she- happy to click on that link.
0: Well, I've got a few. I'm also super obsessed with Reese Witherspoon's daughter, Ava. Who looks Lula. exactly like her. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And, like, Chella and I follow her. She's so cool. She is Really, She is a cool, terrifying Generation Z. But you know, I do have also another obsession with um, siblings, like mothers who look exactly like their daughters. Like well, that's for instance, that's pretty much you and yeah. And Chela. Uh, do you think? Well, not, not like to the extent of Cindy Crawford and her daughter. That is a crazy.
1: If Chella had different
0: hair,
1: Chella does have a lot of Scott on her. I will, a lot I of Scott, will, lot I will, of Scott. Yeah,
0: but her voice is certainly yours. <laughs> I know. It's so much fun when Scott rings and she picks up. <laughs> oh, come on. He
1: sometimes mistakes,
0: Chella, for you. Yeah, Everyone does, even my mum. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Crazy. So, um, yeah, if you guys are looking for something to do, go and watch Love Fraud and also just go and Google um, mothers who look exactly like their daughters. Gwyneth Paltrow and Apple look exactly the same. Oh, my God. I, that would be my specialty topic. It would either be RuPaul's Drag Race or mothers who look exactly like their daughters. <laughs> all right we better go um thank you so much it was a tough tough app to do today but I gotta be in my bonnet about it last night and I'm like no meaningful conversations about death and then this morning I was like cultural appropriation and then I was so mad about all the craziness about the extension of state of emergency I'm like Michael and I are just gonna have to talk about it all well well
1: done you've gone
0: there I also want to put the caveat in that I'm not assuming you as our listener doesn't know all of this. A lot of the time I speak it out loud to process it for myself. That's the other thing. Yeah. Just so you know what I mean? Like I don't want people thinking, oh, we know what a cultural appropriation is Them Don't be so fucking condescending. Sometimes as you heard, as I was saying it out loud, I'm workshopping it for myself. So of course you knew, but just in case you didn't or, you know, wanted a refresher. <laughs> I want to be all condescending and like I am. Fuck off. We know what it is. We've got brains. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely.
1: Look, it's hard for me to process because our whole relationship is each other working things out for ourselves by articulating it to the other person.
0: Pretty much, and that's what this whole thing was. I needed to talk to you about death, and I needed to talk about Adele. So we did it.
1: Yeah, the two (laughs) massive developments of this past weekend that rocked out was Chadwick and Adele in the Jamaican flag bikini. God. Oh, <laughs> anyway. God.
0: All right. Have a good day. Bye.
1: This is Emsolation.
0: Are you exhausted? <laughs> you never know. Are you going to tune into Emsolation and get some kind of weird, in-depth discussion about eggs that go up women's vaginas or are we going to tackle racism and death and structural oppression? You never know. Isn't that the fun of it? <laughs> I hope you got something out of it. Again, I don't want any of you to think I was assuming you didn't understand the concepts of, you know, cultural appropriation or any of the other things we discussed. It's just me honestly workshopping it through my brain with my best mate with mics in front of us. Uh, And, look, you may disagree with a lot of the things we said, and that's cool. I don't need to know if you disagree. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a bit of a dictatorship here. No, I'm joking. But don't at me. I'm doing my best to understand it all and go to sleep at night, you know. It's cool. We'll agree to disagree. If you disagree with me, if you disagree with Michael and you don't like the state of emergency and you think Dan's doing a bad job, that's okay, but you don't have to shout it at me online. It's just – we'll just agree to disagree. We can be friends still. We just won't – when we get together, we just won't talk about it. Okay? Agreed. All right. I've spoken enough. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll check in again on Thursday. Um, you know, whatever you're planning, do something nice for yourself. Wash your hair, change your undies. I don't know. <laughs> My standards are really lowered in terms of what's something nice for myself at the moment. And um, you know, stay safe. Talk soon. Bye. A podcast one production.